It is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Rob, along for the ride as well. What's going on, brother? You go. Oh, look at you. You've got your baseball mitt and everything, just like that guy did in St. Petersburg last night when he had to negotiate for some baseball and jerseys and stein bats and that was a weird thing you talking about the guy that caught tristan casas's first home yeah. run yeah that was weird you know what when you got the leverage baby play your leverage i guess yeah, i don't know i know but it made it it made him out to look like a little bit like an asshole and i don't think he was being one you know he said listen the rays guy didn't offer me anything the red sox guy did i was i was told to just sit here Instead of like people were like, oh, he's waiting for the big deal. Like, I guess they told him it just it didn't come out great on any end. None of us were there. People need to chill out. I thought you were going to talk yes. about the guy that reached over and caught the ball in front of oh, a little no. girl in Washington. No, that, that was tough. And you know what? That gives people like me who bring their glove to the game to mm. save lives. That gives us a bad look. Hmm. Like people are saying now, you can't bring your glove if you're an adult. And I've always said, of course you can bring your glove if you're an adult, but don't snatch balls away from kids. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to protect and serve. And if you do catch a fly ball, either if you have a kid, your own kid, give it to them. If not, give it to a, a kid, a different one. Okay. Your grownups don't. Well, we need, could discuss this all day. They don't need that. Well, you know, um, how about the kid of a major leaguer? Kobe Clemens, who ended up striking out Shohei the other night on a 68-mile-an-hour pitch, looking yeah. in a game in which Shohei had already gone deep twice, and Clemens gave it the old fist pump and everything. Shohei signed the ball, which I thought was pretty cool as well. You know, it's a nasty pitch. Good job, Shohei. Great job, Shohei. That's cool that he did that at Florham, I thought. We need more of Shohei. He just yes. like he kind of just like gets it. Like this is so cool that he did that. Some guys would be like, "Oh man, we don't need to do this," or they just sign it, whatever. But for him to like personalize it, put that message on it, he understands that people. And this is tough for guys of his stature. You know, of the Trouts, of the Shoheys, of the Aaron Judges. You know, guys that are at the top of the league. A lot of people come to them for like memorabilia. Like, hey, Trout, can I get a bat, bro? And like, you know, you got to learn to say no. Shohei understands that like people are going to want stuff from him and he's pretty generous and gracious with that. And that's pretty cool. I like that. Yep. And by the way, Kobe Clemens, who's got a dad who only won seven Cy Young awards, I think to be enamored by that move was it's neat. Shows that he's a human being. I thought it was cool. Okay. Here's something that's not cool for the New York Mets. For the first time since April 11th, they wake up and they're not alone atop the National oh, League Christ. East Mountain. The Atlanta Braves have caught them. They have come all the way back from a double-digit deficit, and they share first place. And then Mets fans had to wake up to the news that Max Scherzer is on the injured list. He's got another issue in his side, but he did meet with the media, and he said, remain calm. Now, this is a days, not weeks. So th that's the first and foremost thing, is that just my left side feels achy. Um, I, it, you know, it's not a strain. Like I don't have like one specific spot that you can point to, um, where like that hurts. Like, no, it's just general fatigue on the whole left side. Should Mets fans panic? Is the season over? The season isn't over, but there's a lot of shit to panic uh, for. If you are a Mets fan, I mean, one, 
they haven't been playing great ball as of late when they have everybody healthy. Okay. Like the offense has been horrible. They've averaged 2.9 runs per game over the last like 13 or something. So like the offense Mm -hmm. hasn't been there starting Marte, by the way, got hit with a pitch. We don't know his status yet. They're supposed to tell us what's going on with that. He got hit in in the hand, the right hand with a pitch. So if he goes out, that's another offensive woe there. But the Scherzer thing does scare me, Chris, because I've done a lot of oblique stuff in my time. And I know, I get what he's saying. There are times where you strain something, it's, you can pinpoint the location of it. When it's achy like that, in my experience, and I hope this is not the case for Max. I hope he, you know, I, I know he knows his body. I know that. But in my experience, when it's achy like that, that just means it's very fatigued and it's close to pulling. And I swear it's almost better if you just let it pull so you can, you know, get your rehab time done and then get back on the field because that thing is coming. And I'm actually happy they put him on the IL. Maybe it'll maybe it'll get better with the two weeks off. But when it gets achy like that, I know that something's about to happen. So like maybe he did catch it early and maybe he is smart for doing this. Maybe it's not gonna pull because he is taking the time off. But that is like a precursor to a pulled oblique right there, what he's talking about. So like, God, don't say we, that. We, 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 it's true, Chris, we have to, you know, what is it? What's the expression? Eat crow. Because yeah. both of us said, there's no way the Braves catch the Mets. We both said that on this show and they fucking caught the Mets mm-hmm. and Peter Moylan in his glasses is laughing at us and, and making jokes at our expense right now. Well, that's fine. He should. Uh, here's the thing, a few things. First of all, the, the Scherzer stuff, I can't comment on the pulled oblique. Millar used to call it pulled fat for guys like he and I, because <laughs> you have an oblique. Max Scherzer has an oblique. I pull fat. Um, so I don't know about that, but boy, if that's the start of something that's coming around the corner, that is just horrible, horrible news. And let's remember down the stretch last year for the Dodgers, what do you have a neck issue? Is that what it was? It's something that was bothering him throughout the playoffs and all this sort of stuff. I don't know. But then he ended up pitching great against the Giants, so maybe he'll end up being okay. I I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. Let's look at the bigger picture and what has transpired here. Um, When the Mets and the Braves played in early August, New York left with a six-and-a-half game lead. That has evaporated. And there are some Yankees fans who on Twitter are saying, well, wait a second. Why are you killing us? And we haven't even lost the entire lead. Why are you saying that we're chokers and all this sort of shit and you're not ripping on the Mets? They're not the same. I want to give the credit to the champs, to the Atlanta Braves, who didn't start playing baseball last year to last August of 2021. This year, at the beginning of June, they had the team meeting. They were like, this ain't us. Let's roll. And they have had the best record in the game. And they have been kicking people's asses. And they are seemingly getting healthier. I don't know if Mike Soroka is going to be along for the ride or not. But, man, I am not going to bet against that team anytime in the near future. So, to me, this is more a story about what the Atlanta Braves have done. Instead, we're always pointing at the negative. Look at what happened to the Mets. Look at what's happened to the Yet. Why don't we give the other team that has played catch-up ball some credit here? I agree. I mean, we we talk about how good the Braves are all the time. And I'm going to pose a question to you, Chris, because this is the shit you do to me all the time. Are the Braves now the favorite in the NL East? Yeah. They are. They're, they're all the way here. And it's interesting. If you look at the Mets record, even since the beginning of August, 
like to me, that's the biggest difference between the Mets and the Yankees. The Yankees have been one of the worst teams in baseball record wise since the beginning of August. There's no explaining it. That's just fact. The Mets, I think, are six games over 500 since the beginning of August. So they're playing winning baseball, but the other team has just been running like crazy behind them. And so I, I know that the, over the next week and a half or so, Atlanta's got a really tough schedule. They have a nine-game stretch. You don't care about schedules. You don't care about schedules. I know. That's you what just I'm about said to the Mets lost to the Nationals I, twice and then the Pirates. I, I'm about to make this point. Okay. So let me do this point. Like you often say to me, let me finish, Chris. <laughs> September 9th through the 18th, Atlanta's got at Seattle, at San Francisco, home against Philly. During that same stretch, the Mets go home, go at Miami, home against the Cubs, and home against Pittsburgh. Right? So you would give the schedule edge to the Mets, obviously. Of course. Folks, stop. Stop with that stuff. I mean, do you want to play the Arizona Diamondbacks right now? Because they're kicking the shit out of everybody. Depends who else. Give give me the other option. I might play the Diamondbacks. I mean, really, if it, if the choice was the Diamondbacks or the Padres, who would you rather play right now? You got to see where the pitching's lined up at the Diamondbacks, for sure. 100%. You would rather I, I, play the Diamondbacks. I, I get that they've been playing good baseball as of late. I understand that. But, like, the Padres just have more chances and more people to beat you with. That's the bottom okay. line, Chris. All right. All right. We've gotten off, off kilter a little bit here. So we both are picking the Braves now to win the division. Is that fair? I'm not so sure. I really want to believe Scherzer, and I hope that he's right about this, where it's just he caught it early enough and everything's going to be okay. They they The reason that we all love the Mets is because they had those dogs at the top of the rotation, mm-hmm. bro, and they didn't have the Grom most of the year, and now they've been without Scherzer a couple times during the year, and it's like they need those two. And they also, Chris, they really need the division because – We've talked about it before, and we're going to. As soon as these playoffs start, as soon as they're set, the biggest thing that people are going to talk about is the fact that you're going to have to play three games right in a row and enter the division series with your pitching all out of whack while the other team that got to sit there has lined up their starters. Mets want to line up their starters. They do not want to have to use Scherzer and DeGrom in those two wildcard games to get to the division series and then only be able to throw them once. Well, that's the thing is that if they if they win the division, one of those guys you can throw twice, if not both, although yes. one of them would be on short rest. Um, you can only throw them once if you have to play. Are the Braves just going to repeat? Is that what's going to happen? It's possible. It really is. It's it's looking more and more. I would say if if they have faith in Kenley at the back end, to me, that's the biggest question mark about them. Other than that, they don't have a lot of question marks, man. And and every single person they've brought up this year has just been lights out. Hey, can I say one other thing? I know I said throughout the year that the Mets were going to win the division, but I think at the beginning of the year I picked the Braves to win the division, but the Mets to win the National League pennant. I think that's what I said. You did do that. You did do that. So I guess I'm right either way. All right, let's move on. Bigger deal out in Colorado. Yelly with a 499-foot blast, the third longest home run since they started measuring them in 2015 and the longest this year. Or Milwaukee blowing a five-run eighth-inning lead to fall even further back in the wild card chase. 
I mean, it's it's the loss here. I love Yelly. I love that swing. That thing was an absolute Ooh. bomb. It was actually 499 feet, Chris. He had a quote after the game saying, give me the extra 12 inches. Did they change it? <laughs> I talked to him this morning. He said that was like a young T-Poof. I was like, you're right, Yelly. Except you're he six inches taller than me and more handsome. He did say that. All right. We're friends, people. But this loss is this is a heartbreaking loss, dude. This is an absolutely heartbreaking loss. Five in the eighth, like you mentioned. And then you go ahead and Willie Adamas puts you ahead in the 10th inning. And all you got to do is go shut the game down. And Gritchick walks him off with the homer. Oh, my God. Dude, his, by the way, was no short. He was 457, I think. He had two that he had two last night. I mean, these are the games you gotta win. When you have a lead in the eighth inning like that, you have to win these games. I'm not gonna diss on Colorado, but it's Colorado, guys. Let's do this. And you know, the Brewers just they look like they're so close. They had a really good start last night. Who was a Woodruff had a really good start last night, and great things start. are looking great. And then bam, just like that, it gets taken out from under them. And they got to go, and they got to go quickly. They don't. They're chasing San Diego. They do not play San Diego anytime soon, or the, or, or the rest of the season. So they have to go and hope that San Diego falters, and they got to take care of their own business. But man, like I really, really want to see this Brewers team in the playoffs. And I think if they don't make the playoffs, Chris, I think they're probably the biggest disappointment of the year. No, not outside of the White Sox. White Sox are close too. Yeah, but they're three games back. I don't know. I mean, yeah, look, I agree. Agree. I guess both these teams are massive disappointments. One A, one B. Right. Right. And the thing that made it tougher for him last night was that Arizona had a big lead out in San Diego, and then Jorge Alfaro ended up walking them off. Like, that's the kick in the dick right there. As you're, you know, as you blow a lead, I don't even think Devin Williams got in the game last night because he's been used so much lately. And it just, it's one of those where you, man, they better get a huge lead tonight and just stick with it. <laughs> go for it. They got to go on a run. They they played they played tough. bad ball in August. They've been playing bad ball in September. It's like they need a massive month. I thought September was supposed to be Craig Timber, and we're gonna get this this right. Brewers team that runs it. No, not yet. Thanks, man. Horrible. Uh, real quickly, I'll I'll uh. I'll pump your ego a little bit. Do you have any idea? Because I don't. The furthest home run you ever hit? I don't. Off the top of my head, no. I, I never got in the 500 mark, I don't think. That's oh, that's a blast. Why are you saying no? Because not many people do it. I mean... We've had two, we've had two since 2015. Two in the last seven some, years. Sometimes I don't believe those the stat cast thing, dude. Sometimes you hit a ball and you're like, that's way further. Okay, so I didn't get in the 500 club, but I hit some far balls. I don't know, 450 maybe? Okay. Cool. Don't talk about me, All bro. Right. Come on, let's go. You like it when I talk about you. You, <laughs> it. you really do. I don't. Hey, today's edition of Baseball Today is presented to you by our friends over at Muggsy. And I've told you countless times, they are the most comfortable, most fashionable, best-looking, best-feeling jeans around. But... It's more than that these days. They don't have just jeans. They've got chinos. They've got awesome denim jackets. They've got flannels. Everything to get you set for fall. Because even though it's there's stifling heat out here on the West Coast and still nice out there in the Midwest and the East Coast, you got to prepare now. Because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, 
when the hell did it become fall? My wardrobe ain't right. Please. Well, it will be thanks to Muggsy. Okay, so I want you to go to Muggsy.com. You're going to use the code word baseball. You're going to get 10% off the entire site. As far as guys, there's some guys out there that are shaped like me. Not everybody can be a male model like my dude over there who is basically, he's like the same weight as he was in high school. I hate guys like that. <laughs> Most of us are Dow Jonesers. We change all the time. Well, then you have to buy two different wardrobes. That ain't a good thing. I'm telling you, it costs you money. It doesn't feel good. It messes with your, your mentals, as my man Marshawn used to say. So feel good about what you're wearing. You deserve to feel good about whatever weight you're at, whatever body type you've got. And that's why Muggsy is the perfect fit. They stretch with you. If you got a few extra pounds, they'll come in and they don't look too baggy if you're exactly where you want to be. So go right now. Muggsy.com. Use the code word baseball for 10% off your entire order. I am with you. Let's go. I wear the jean jacket all the time. And I get compliments Do on you? it. Do you? I'm not I'm like not a jean jacket type of guy, but I put it on. It's like perfectly like kind of like cropped right at the belt line. And hmm. I'm no male model, Chris. I have a good personality. That's what really does it for me. Um, but the jean jacket helps. The average. You love me. Hey, let's keep going, man. Let's love go. You. Baseball today. Uh, here's the reason I'm wearing the Angels hat. Mike Trout. Michael hit his 31st homer last night. Still top 10 in baseball despite missing 40 games because of injuries this year. Has Mike Trout become somewhat of a forgotten man in baseball? No, he hasn't become forgotten. It's just that he's out in Anaheim and it's September. This is what happens in September in Anaheim. They're not in the race. So people are looking elsewhere. We're looking at the good teams. That's just the bottom line, Chris. He's not forgotten. Everybody loves Mike Trout. In the game, they know he's still like one of, if not the best players in the game. Everyone still tries to copy his swing. It's just that he's in Anaheim, dude. Like, it sucks. It sucks that we have to sit here and talk about this again. When you got Shohei and you got uh, Trout out there. And they're so exciting to watch. They're on the West Coast, which nobody in New York ever watches their home games because it's just too late. I wouldn't watch them either. And then now they're just not playing in any meaningful baseball games. And the season's so long, like, I'm not going to watch any of those games. I need to watch the games that mean something. And that is why people, you know, aren't always talking about Mike. But trust me, he's not forgotten, especially in the baseball world. This guy is, he's the blueprint, bro. He still has a one daughter. For his career, Chris. And I want everyone to know what that means. A one daughter means every time that he comes up to bat, he gets on first base, essentially. That's what that means. He's going to get at least one base average per at bat. That's nuts. It's nuts. So Mike Trout, uh, it's interesting. You know, he doesn't have enough at bats to qualify for a lot of the rankings. So his 972 OPS would put him fourth right now behind Judge Goldschmidt and Jordan. His war, even though he has missed 40 games, is 4.7. He's played 96 games. Now, Adley Rutschman is next at 4.6, and he's only played 88 games. A lot of that is obviously because he's right in the middle of it with catching. Um, so defensive metrics will help him a bit there, I do believe. Uh, but still, it's still remarkable. So Trout is still Trout. I think part of it is that his game is so exceptional 
but blase at the same time. He's just like when you watch Mike Trout, what's the number one thing we say about him? He's consistent. Yes. He is baseball's version of Tim Duncan. Is has there ever been a moment? It a is. I don't know. Well, who do you think that's mean to? Tim Duncan, no, no, one of the no, 10 no. greatest players in and in NBA history. It's not it's not mean to to either of them. I just think that Mike Trout is a very exciting player to watch. And I think I get what you're saying. Like, and I've said this before. I think I even told you this. Like, when I think of Mike Trout, he does lull you to sleep because it's like there are other there are other players in the game that are like when you watch, you're like mouth drops, like Byron right. Buxton and you know, players like that, where it's just like the mm-hmm. physical tools just like ooze out of them. And then there's Mike Trout who's just gonna be like, I don't know. One for three with a walk and a homer. And you're like, okay, like, good night. But he just does that day in, day out. And it's like, fuck, dude. But that's what that's Tim the Duncan hardest. did. He yeah, lulled you right. to sleep. That's a, a perfect description that you had of him. And I don't think it's mean. I just think it's, it's partly because of that's his personality. That was Tim Duncan's personality. You know? I mean, he, he yeah. wanted to go play basketball and go home. And that was it. You know, I'll go get my 2010 with three blocks and call it a night and we'll win and I'll see you in the finals. Yes, the, the, that's the difference. Trout, that's the difference right there. That is the difference. That's the so difference. maybe it's mean. Maybe it's mean to Tim Duncan, I guess. Yeah, it's just he's not a forgotten guy. I just think that between the combination of his reserved demeanor and the fact that his team stinks is what's. And I'll be beating the drum next year. They damn well better make some interesting moves, all that sort of stuff. Cause I'm going to be back on it again next year. If we get, if, could you imagine if we go the entire Mike Trout career and he plays three freaking playoff games? Ugh. I don't want to imagine that life. I don't either. I do not want to imagine that. But, but guess what, Chris? What's going to change for them? How can they turn this thing around? Like, it takes a lot for that organization to turn it around to where they're making the playoffs. They're in a tough division, dude. Seattle ain't going nowhere. Houston ain't going nowhere. And the Angels have to make up all that ground and then just go beat them during a season. I don't know, man. They might need to, like, switch divisions or something. Get in that AL Central. You get a chance. Trade them. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, let's talk about a team that is interested in making the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Rays, Wander Franco, Tyler Glass now getting some rehab assignments in. I just wish Glass now good luck today on a text. He's very excited, although he'll probably only pitch an inning. Um, why doesn't Tampa get more love? Now, people have asked us this before. Like, why do you guys just kind of say Ray's going to Ray when you talk about Tampa? And it's 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 a valid question. Like other teams, we go into depth about who they have on their team, roster construction, all this stuff. The reason that most national outlets and even our show doesn't go into depth about Tampa most of the time is because it's very hard to follow the team. If you're not watching that team on a daily basis, like you're not going to know all the names. Case in point, I was reading this article in Sports Illustrated talking about this exact same thing. Monday night, Chris, they had a game where five of the nine people in that starting lineup we're in different organizations on opening day. Like they 
they cut off a tentacle and another one grows, dude. They have some really good baseball players on that team, okay? And a lot of guys who, you know, I think are stars. Randy Rosarena is a star. He really is, okay? So he's doing it. But here's a guy who I think perfectly encapsulates like what the Rays do. We know they can develop pitching. They've been able to do it forever, right? Mm-hmm. Jason Adam, okay, he's 30 years old, 60 games, right? 56 and a third innings pitch. He's got a one, two, eight. His whip is 0.639. Who's Jason Adam, right? I know. 2018, Kansas City Royals. 2019, Toronto. 20 and 21, he was with the Cubs, and now he's with Tampa Bay as a 30-year-old doing this. They're turning these guys in. I don't want to say he's a no-namer. I'm not going to say that about this guy, but they're turning guys into studs because that's what they do. They understand development. They understand how to platoon players, and they're just taking all these different guys and and mixing and matching. And like I said, it's just very hard to go in and talk in depth about this team because the pieces change time and time again. Wander and Glass now obviously are, are household names in the baseball world, so when they get them back, you can talk about them. But I think that's why we don't give them enough love. Is It's just it's difficult if you're not watching day in and day out. Maybe that's our fault, right? Yeah, I I think your point about the lack of homegrown guys is is big. They have to have the largest percentage of guys that played in another organization and also played at the major league level in another organization. It wasn't like they came over in a trade, you know, as a prospect or whatever. Like most of these guys have had some burn with some other team. Um if you go and you look, who do you think leads their team in a war? Well, McClanahan. Uh, sorry, position player. I happen to have it up in front of me, so it's bad one. It's oh, Yanni okay. Diaz. He's fifty fifth overall. Fifty fifth. That's way down the ladder. Way down the ladder. There can't be another contending team whose war leader of a position player is that far down the road. It just can't be. And so, you know, their best player has barely played this year. The only thing I remember about Wander Franco's season is that he got six figures worth of jewelry stolen out of the trunk of his car. Like, that's it. That's that's been the biggest news story, unfortunately, surrounding him this year. Maybe he comes back because he was great. He was fun even in that one series against Boston last year. I want to see him get back for this. Man, it's funny because I don't think any baseball team wants to play him but I don't think any baseball fan that's not interested in the Rays wants to watch them. Is that bad to say? It's kind of how it is. And I've spoke on the culture in that organization before. Obviously I was a part of it. So I got to see firsthand. It's, it's just next man up mentality, but it's different. It's not like, Hey, he's injured next man up. It's like, Hey, like here's the situations. Here's why you're going to play in this situation. Here's why he's not going to play in this situation. Mm -hmm. So all you got to go do is be you. Like, don't try to change your game um, because that's not why you're here. We brought you here for a specific reason. And when teams start to tell you that, you're like, oh, shit, great. I just go do what I do well. And that takes a lot of um, pressure off of you. If you can just go be yourself and they're telling you, do exactly what you do on a baseball field. That's why you're here. That's great for you mentally as a baseball player. All right, real quickly, let's deal with the last thing. Another uh, Bark at the Park night, this one in Kansas City. 
on Tuesday. Did you see the size of that freaking dog? Were you like, oh, that's awesome? Or are you like, why would you bring a monster like that to the ballpark? I didn't look at this one when you sent it to me. I wanted to be surprised. Holy, that's a lot of hair. That's a big dog. Like <laughs> that dog, like, look, dude, dog's got to poop. If that thing poops in the stadium, what do they do on these bark in the park nights? Did, who picks up Great all the poop? Question. And even if you pick up the poop, there's still poop remnants on the ground. Like, do they go? I don't get it, man. Yeah. And you it's know, not I'm, easy to clean. It's tough to clean off of cement as opposed to off of grass. You know, grass, it just kind of blends in with some of the rest of the mud or the dirt or they're whatever. Just sp- they're spraying and dog, spreading all over the place. Ugh. If your dog takes a shit under seat 17 in section 131, it's staying there. I'm a dog person, Chris. Like, I like dogs. I'm not anti-dog whatsoever, but I'm not going to get one anytime soon because they're just so much work, bro. I love and they dogs. die. I've my Like, when my dog died, that was one of the saddest days of my life, bro. Like, I don't want that again. No, but I don't I know, want that again. The joy that you get from dogs, it's, I mean, the amount of love you get. My, We don't have a daughter. We do have a daughter. She's, a, she's my fur daughter, and she is the best. I love her dearly, and I've never taken her to a bark at the park because she would go ape shit. <laughs> just would. But that dog was unreal. I think Matt Underwood, who calls the game for the Guardians on TV, said that's got to be a human inside of a dog. Guy. <laughs> that was it funny. looks like the I... van from Dumb and Dumber. Like That's how big it is. <laughs> what do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Uh, all JM team for August is out today. Mm. It might already be out. I don't know. Um, yeah. Jake and I went over everyone. There were some pretty good battles there. Um, some players passing some players, some players holding on to the spots. But I love doing that episode because it really shines a light on some guys that maybe you normally wouldn't shine a light on. The Jeff McNeils, the... Um, Tommy Edmonds, if you will. Mm, nice. Speaking of shining a light, for the next Rose rotation, first of all, the Chris Archer episode is out. People have really enjoyed it. He's such a good thinker, man, and funny and everything. Listen to it. Uh, my next guest, which will be out tomorrow, is a league leader, and nobody knows it. Eric Swanson of the Seattle Mariners. Now I get it. He doesn't have enough innings because he's a bullpen guy. Best DRA in the American League. And a wow. funny dude. Very funny. Dry sense of humor. I enjoyed the conversation. He's coming out tomorrow. Okay. So there oh, you go. he's an Ohio guy? He's from, he, he went to high school in Cincinnati, but he has moved all over, and he lives in Fargo, North Dakota now. I've been there. Yeah. He, uh, he had some amazing stories. Good stuff. He was fun. All right, so that'll do it uh, for our amazing producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.